welcome to Talk About Thriving. Hey, y'all. Happy Pride Month. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Pride Month, y'all. What are we talking about? So, because of Pride Month, we wanted to talk a little bit about being authentic and authenticity. And um, although we are not speaking from members of the LGBTQ plus community, we celebrate and honor and enjoy the the authenticity that is those who are part of that community and who enjoy and celebrate pride and what pride is all about and not just the pride parades and stuff but all that it is and being proud of who you are and showing up as you are regardless of how much hate you get so yeah (laughs) no definitely giving you guys your flowers for being who you are and expressing it and even if you aren't expressing it outwardly coming to terms with how you want to engage in being authentic to who you are in your own space, in your own safety. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Abby, what does being authentic mean to you? I think that means like honoring who I am. Hmm. Uh, And respecting how I individualize myself like for instance I change my hair a lot that's Mm -hmm. part of the whole authentic to me Mm I I'm multifaceted is that how you pronounce that shit (laughs) multifaceted yeah I think that's right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but yes so like I have so many layers to me I really feel like if an onion didn't smell like what an onion smells like, that would be what I would compare myself to at this moment. Because, you know, there's therapist Abby, there's party Abby, there's the friend Abby, there's a sister Abby, like there's just so many different layers to who I am. So kind of just honoring that I am so many things in one. I think that's what I'm going to go with for today. What about you? That makes sense. Um, For me, Authenticity is very similar to your definition. Um, Showing up as me, no matter what, you know, being who I am, no matter what, which is not always easy, Mm -hmm. I'd say, because at least for me, my experience, I spent so much of my life having people question who I am, tell me I'm too much, or make me feel like I wasn't enough. And so, As I've approached, as I got to 30, I decided that I really wanted to lean more into who I truly am and not give a a crap about anybody else's opinion. So yeah, just showing up as me, no matter what, whether that's in my friendships, whether that's in my romantic relationship, whether that's with my family, just being me and whether they like it or not is what it is because I'm not doing anything malicious with malicious intent I'm not purposely being disrespectful to anyone I'm a I'm a genuinely kind and loving person so I'm just going to be who I am and if 
somebody doesn't like it and I actually feel like it's something I need to adjust or apologize for, then I'll address it then. But otherwise, I'm just going to show up as who I am and who I am in that Mm -hmm. moment and how I feel in that moment and not try to force something else. Mm -hmm. I could definitely relate to that, especially with like going through shifts with certain things and like who you are authentically changes as you change as a person too so yeah I get that and that's okay I feel like a lot of people think oh you change you're not being yourself I am being myself I mean obviously in some instances it is true they might not be there maybe they aren't being themselves but change doesn't mean you're not you it just means you've learned new things like we're we're learning every day you've gained mm-hmm. new knowledge you've learned new words you know what I mean? mm-hmm. Um, you're shown new new ways of living, new behaviors, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I know you mentioned sometimes it's not easy to show up as yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that, of course, with the episode being about visibility and being authentic while being visible, can you tell us a little bit more about what that is like? It not always being easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Um, for me, one of the things that has always been a conflicting thing about my character, I guess my character or my experience of well, I don't know how to whatever you'll you'll understand as I continue. Um, I was told for a large portion of my life that I'm mean. I was told that by my peers I was told that by my family um I still get told that sometimes by my friends and even my um my boyfriend and I resent that very much because I'm absolutely not mean (laughs) and I can I can be assertive I can be very blunt direct and I can be direct, but that doesn't automatically equal mean. Like that's mm-hmm. not, that doesn't mean I'm being mean. I could do things a little bit softer that I know about myself. And I can take that criticism and, and work on that. And I, I do, but I'm not mean. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when people would say that I was mean, it was more so because they couldn't get what they wanted from me. Or I didn't allow them to take advantage of me or I wasn't always smiling all the time which do you realize how ridiculous people would look if they were smiling literally 24 7 like do you realize how ridiculous people look when they do that that's just that's just not that's not everyone's (laughs) reality that they're smiling all the time like sometimes I might be upset sometimes I might be sad sometimes I just am chilling and I'm sorry if I have RBF or whatever but that doesn't mean that I'm mean Mm -hmm. so between that and the being intimidating BS that I always heard I just it irks my nerves (laughs) Mm -hmm. because if you actually take a moment to talk to me you'll realize I'm goofy as hell I joke around. I'm very unserious. <laughs> like I'm serious mm-hmm. about the things that I'm passionate about. Sure. But otherwise I really don't take things that seriously. Like I'm just trying to have a good time and enjoy life 
like anybody else. So with that in mind, I had definitely, I I noticed at certain points in my life, I would hold things back or Mm -hmm. I would try harder to be nice. Or I was like doing other little things for people who didn't really deserve that part of me. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. The other thing and this, I, this kind of goes with like um, imposter syndrome, I guess, making, you know, being told that I know everything or I think I know everything. That also really frustrates me because I know I don't know everything. And I will be the first to admit that I don't know everything. I don't know it all. I will never pretend that I know it all. And if I did know it all, what am I doing in life in this space that I'm at? Because I could be doing much better if I had all the knowledge, if, I, if you think about it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but I'm just very observant and aware of my surroundings and I pay attention and I make, I take note of things. So when things are brought back up, I tend to, yes, have the answer because I took note of it. I made sure I prioritized retaining that particular information. So when I would get that feeling like people, you know, people thinking, oh, I know it all. I'm always answering. I'm always the one like raising my hand, especially while we were in school. I'm always the one Mm -hmm. raising my hand or saying, or putting myself out there or calling, calling something out that I thought didn't sound right. People make me have made me feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. And so there were times where I would not talk. Like I even had, um, I, we, I know we've mentioned our favorite professor on (laughs) on this podcast before, but I've had, I had moments in classes with Dr. Gomes where I had something I wanted to say, but I was so scared about the reaction of others that I would send her private messages Mm -hmm. and she would just encourage me, just speak up. Like, don't let anybody silence you just speak up. And so I had to, that was a big challenge for me. And that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I'm going to just speak up. I'm not going to hold it in anymore. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Everyone doesn't have to thank you. Yeah, everyone doesn't have to like me. And it's not, it's never been about being liked. I want to make sure that's clear. It's never been about being liked because I, (laughs) I am a big fan of I'm not for everybody. and Everybody's not for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that because there are plenty of people in this world. You you could keep it. I'm good. (laughs) But it's the misrepresentation of who I am that bothers me. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to like me, but you also don't act like I am who I'm not. Like, just because you don't receive me well doesn't mean I'm a bad person or I'm a mean mm-hmm. person or whatever. And that's fine. We don't have to like each other. Enjoy your life. And I'm going to enjoy mine. And I'm going to be cordial. Don't know what you're going to do, but that's just how I function. So, yeah. Okay. I can see that because I feel like a lot of times, because of how I present myself, maybe outside of work, like majority of the time, I'm like different hair colors. I might be wearing something that expresses my body in a certain way, or I'm just, you know, being authentic to who I am. Sometimes that doesn't translate to like my inside, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of times people make assumptions about who I am based on the outside instead mm-hmm. of like, conversing with me and seeing that like there's so many layers here like yes she presents as an ig baddie or whatever but like 
she's also a therapist. So like, how do those two things coexist? And that mm-hmm. there's not a lot of representation of that, you know, like, um, well, there's starting to be more now, but mm-hmm. I feel like I still get a lot of assumptions meaning like, oh, she must do this for work or she must do that for work. And it, it's never anything even closely related to what I actually do for work. So it's kind of like really interesting to like, be authentic to who I want to present myself on the outside and who I am on the inside. And I remember when I was wrapping up grad school, my parents were like, okay, so that means you're going to stop partying now. You're going to dress a little bit different. I'm not a therapist 24 seven. Like, so no, I'm not going to dress conservatively every single outing I go to. And I'm not going to not go out and have a good time because I'm somebody's therapist now. Like that doesn't, Mm-hmm. that doesn't feel authentic to who I am and who I've always been yep I like to say a therapist is who I am it is not and no if there's just what I do it's not who I am mm-hmm. it's my job and I, mm-hmm. and I give my clients disclaimers like listen if you're Caribbean and you be outside please if you see me pretend you don't, don't. know me <laughs> pretend you don't know me don't speak because <laughs> I might not speak to you even if you speak to me, I'm just gonna mm, nice little nod, keep it pushing. <laughs> I haven't had to do that with any of my clients yet because I don't be outside like that for real. I haven't either, thankfully. But I know that eventually it may happen. Because I know like carnival season is approaching. Like the world is small. Like, mm-hmm. Then I'd definitely be outside. And South Florida yeah. is also very small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. So. But yeah, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish we could just be and people accept it, you know, obviously within reason, because there are certain things that are illegal for reasons, certain <laughs> things. Um, but a lot of a lot of it is just us trying to police people. That's how I feel about it. Um or trying to fit everybody in a box and categorize people so that it makes sense to us. But it doesn't always have to make sense. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. It doesn't always have to make sense to you. Me living my life doesn't have to make sense to you. What I want to do doesn't have to sit right with you all the time, mm-hmm. not with everything. And I think sometimes that's lost upon like friends and family members because it's like they expect certain things just because like of their relation to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we ain't doing that. I'm gonna do what I want to do, as long as it's not harming my me or anyone else. Like, well, what is one part about yourself that you feel like is the easiest to show, like the easiest to be authentic about? I would. I'm honestly gonna say my desire to help people. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like that. Even prior to becoming a therapist, I've always been the therapist friend. So, like, mm-hmm. I think that's something that, because even if we're not friends, if you post something that seems, like, concerning, I'm more than likely going to reach out, even if I don't know you. Like, I've done that so many times. And the kind of, like, the feedback that I get from it has always been positive. Well, obviously, like, sometimes... I know that I probably should just like, okay, maybe they're posting that for the people who actually know them. But like, at the same time, it's still like, I feel like 
since I'm here and I have the opportunity, I should just reach out because suicide is a real thing. Like yeah. mental health symptoms are a real thing. I mm-hmm. I like to prioritize being not available because that's not the word I want to use, but like aware of other people and how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Call me a mental health check-in. Okay, I can see that. Um, I definitely tend to reach out to people, at least to say like just sending you love and and prayers or whatever. Mm-hmm. It depends on their beliefs and and who they are, what I say. But you know, I'm always sending either love and light, sending prayers, sending hugs, sending something. Even if I'm not going to like inquire about what's going on, because I'm not I'm not going to do that every time, especially if it's someone I'm not either not close to or I don't know them well or I don't think that they're going to respond I but I Mm -hmm. will send some type of hey I see you Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's all that someone needs in that moment too is that visibility feel seen sometimes people just need to feel seen I don't Mm -hmm. think people realize how important that is <laughs> I don't know why that just made me think about. So, uh, me and my homegirls went to go get tacos in Fort Lauderdale at Bodega. And I remember sometime in the last two years or something, I read an article about homeless people feeling invisible mm-hmm. because people don't literally look them in the eye, people don't respond to them when they're talking, and things like that, and how it affects their mental health and things like that. So, yeah. A homeless man came up to us while we were eating outside and I was the only one in the group kind of like really responding to him mm-hmm. and it ended up going too far because then he was like oh do I have a boyfriend but like that's just like a story that popped into my head when we were talking about people like not feeling seen because to imagine being in his shoes and not like people not talking to you because of how you appear and because of what your stance is in society and like that type of stuff like moves me like yeah I don't know I don't know what else to like how do I convey that how am I trying what am I trying to say it like so oh no go ahead go ahead no I was just gonna say while you while you collect the thoughts I was gonna say it's so unfortunate that that's how we treat people when they're unhoused (laughs) Mm -hmm. because or displaced in any way because like any of us can be one or two paychecks away from that honestly yeah um and it's not always because they you know they did so badly in life or they didn't try and I think immediately there's this judgment yeah but it's also there's a lot of people out here who are panhandling and pretending that they are homeless and they are not so there's also that it's like ugh, it's such a weird space to be in because like everything comes with like that double-edged sword right yeah it's two sides to every coin Mm -hmm. yeah but i did you get did you gather your thought do you remember where you were going with that no because then i started listening to you so (laughs) i'm sorry i thought i was gonna gonna help well i was gonna say to touch on go ahead sorry I think it was more to just touch on visibility, like in the way that we as people can be kinder in all spaces, mm-hmm. basically. 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, I think the biggest part of being kinder to others is the first step, honestly, is not assuming. And I say that because a lot of times when we are, um, when we pass judgment towards others, it's because we're assuming mm-hmm. that we know their life. We're assuming that we know how they got to that position where they're currently in. We're assuming we know who they are inside and out off mm-hmm. of one quick little, inter- you know, a, either a quick interaction, a picture, a video on social media. Like we assume that we know all the ins and outs of a person's life just because we've seen 10 pictures on their on their Instagram. You know what I mean? Or we've mm-hmm. seen them post a video on TikTok, excuse me, or we see them every day walking, you know, down the street. We think we know, but we don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if you know someone well, there's still going to be parts that you never fully understand. And I think, so I say, let's say when you assume and you think that, you know, without inquiring anything, Mm -hmm. then it's easy for you to be like, well, I can talk to this person however I want, or I can run with my, my thoughts, my beliefs, my assumptions of them and treat them accordingly, Mm -hmm. which is messed up. No, definitely. And I'm I'm not saying I've never been <laughs> guilty of that because I definitely have done that. Um, but it's about what you do with that. Yeah. How do you respond to yourself when you notice that you're having that assumption? Mm-hmm. So unless, you know, unless somebody shows you the person that they are, at least in relation to you, because again, people can be different in different situations. But unless what they've shown you in relation to you, in interactions with you, unless that is where you're going off of, it's usually off of assumptions. That's how I, that's how I see it. So I even try to, even though, depending on what the situation is, but I will try to give some people a chance, even if someone else told me like they had a negative um, interaction with them. Oh, for sure. Depending on the situation. <laughs> I feel like, okay, because they could be like oil and water and we could be like oil and sugar. Like it could just be different. Like mm-hmm. we could mix differently, like, or maybe you cause the situation and we're kind of like a chain effect kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I've never take, like I'll keep whatever the person says in the back of my mind, of course, because mm-hmm. I have to make sure I'm doing my best to protect myself as well. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to base all of my interactions with this person based off that. Yeah. Because I've gotten along with people that people don't like all um, multiple times. <laughs> Understandably yeah. so. The question you had asked me about what authentic part of you do you feel like people mostly notice? You didn't get to answer. Oh, that wasn't the question, but I like that. <laughs> oh, what was it? That's how what you, it sounds it? like that's how you heard the question. Oopsies. No, and that's okay. I was asked what part of yourself or what part of what part is the easiest to be authentic about? That's basically what I was saying. That was pretty close. Yeah, it was close, but yeah. (laughs) I kind of like the way you worded it better anyway. So moving to your question is what people notice. That's a good question. I don't know. What do people notice first about me? Other than my honesty. I'd be honest to a fault, y'all. 
<laughs> get myself into trouble. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I do sometimes. Um, but what would I say? That's a good question. I feel like I don't know what people notice first about me or what's easiest to notice about me. I actually don't know the answer to that. Okay. I'm going to think about. That is definitely something for me to think about. Oh, no. Abby gave me homework. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My clients would be like, he love giving me homework. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, it's always funny when a client tells me I haven't got homework in a while you want it because I can give it (laughs) but sometimes I just don't because like based on what we talked about you have enough going on in your life already why add something else if you already feel like you're failing at the things that you're doing and you have so much going on why add something else to your plate like no yeah that makes sense (laughs) like let's work it out in in session like why add something else for you to do and think about between now and the next time you see me it's fine (laughs) so it depends I don't always Mm -hmm. give it for reasons like that but anyway I don't know I don't have an answer I just be chilling half the time having fun laughing a lot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think the first thing I noticed about you was like you were humorous like we could laugh together I like being silly that's why yeah yo Abby rolling (laughs) (laughs) I'm just goofy it is what it is I am a big kid at heart spent a lot of my life having to entertain myself so you know (laughs) I can relate yeah. It was the only child till 22, 23. Crazy. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what I guess, darn, I lost my train of thought. I had a question and it's gone forever. Um, Hmm. I think I'm still why I'm struggling to move on to the next thing is because I'm stuck on the feeling seen part no I'm stuck on the feeling seen part that we were talking about because and this is probably why I don't know the answer to the question that you asked well Mm -hmm. I asked really I spent so much of my so much time not feeling seen by people that it's always so weird when I when I experience it and I think part of it is because I compartmentalize pieces of myself in a lot of situations Mm -hmm. but also because people have a people run with the assumption or the perception that they've gotten their first you know I mean like I'm the strong person. I got it all together kind of thing. And it's like one of those things like, no, I'm not okay today. And Mm -hmm. when people can see that without me saying it, even though obviously people shouldn't have to read my mind, but it's like, oh, you noticed, you know what I mean? Like you notice that things aren't all good. Like you notice that I'm not a hundred percent like 
I'm not at a hundred percent right now. And I think those moments I'm always like, uh, uh how did you know? <laughs> so I'm trying not to compartmentalize as much mm-hmm. because of that. Cause I'm actually not always giving people the opportunity to fully see me, which is why, you know, I've been more focused on trying to be authentic and just accept who I am and be who I am. Because for a while I didn't always do that. Mm. Okay. Transparency moment. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was definitely a transparency moment for sure. Yep. That made me start thinking about do I always try to find the right things to say or do I say how I truly feel that's kind of what that brought into my head because I think we all kind of engage in compartmentalizing oh absolutely absolutely we all do I that's why I said I'm trying to do it not as much because you have to do it in some instances like in some Mm -hmm. areas it's appropriate to do that um you can't just be the same person in every situation all the time because there are things that you know time and place right yeah yeah so that I think more about with like the people I'm close with that's who I'm more so concerned about being less guarded or compartmentalizing less with but your what you're saying makes sense because it's like okay is it trying to say the right thing or is it trying to achieve a certain perception so that's two Mm. different things right like you can say well forget how I'm feeling about it this is just what I feel like needs to be said or you can say this is how I feel about it but I need to curate the message in a way that is easier to digest Mm. because I feel like the latter is necessary to maintain the relationships that we have Mm -hmm. but you know forgetting how you feel about things and just doing what other people want that's where you get in a lot of the people pleasing energy Mm -hmm. so definitely just remind me of that tiktok video you sent me which one i send you a lot (laughs) and the one where she was like don't say yes to something that you don't want to do again Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Listen, I was the kid, that was one of the reasons why people call me mean. They would ask me for something or they would ask me to do something. And I'm a, I've always been like, please don't beg. I hate that. Do not beg. You begging makes me want to say no even stronger. Like mm-hmm. now, <laughs> like I was that kid. So if somebody asked me to do something or asked me to go somewhere and I didn't want to do it, I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. No don't know where in adulthood that's changed I mean obligation obviously but (laughs) do I know the exact moment where it changed (laughs) not but definitely for sure and I think this also just re-brings up like values as well like Mm -hmm. being authentic to who you are what do you value what are you trying to show the people so I gotta do that worksheet I printed it (laughs) and everything where did I put it I definitely have mine right in front of me at all times. My the thing is, my house is in disarray right now, y'all. So I printed it, and then I I think I took it off the printer. I don't know. 
I can always mm-hmm. print it again. But um, I'm trying to think of another thing that has always had that has felt either easier or harder to just be. I was thinking about um, when you said it, and then I forgot and then moved on to something else. But when you were talking about the layers, the onion, mm-hmm. um, it makes me think of intersectionality one of my favorite things <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, and all the different parts. So for those who don't know what intersectionality means, it's basically taking into account all the different intersections of your identity. For example, I am black, Caribbean, a uh, woman, cis woman, heterosexual. I am plus size. I'm a big girl. What else? That's just a few things. We'll we'll leave it there. there I'm sure there's a lot more. Oh, age 30. <laughs> yeah. For the mm-hmm. for the astrology girlies, I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> but yeah, so I when I think about when I was thinking about that, I thought of a really interesting activity. And we might not have time to do it today, but like I thought about a really cool activity to do where we taught like going through all those different intersections and like the, along with the authenticity part, like what about it feels good and what about it doesn't feel so good kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, wow. One of my questions that I wrote down while we were talking was what is real about me regardless of whether I judge it as good or bad. So basically that. (laughs) Yeah, like those are the parts of you that are very real. But what feels good about it and what feels not so good? Or what's what what have what have others, what has society, what has people made you feel about that that is not so good or what made you feel good? Okay. Wave time. time. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. If anybody wants to do this on while they're listening, feel free to join us and do this activity. Can we like do it out loud and stuff so that they could follow along? Kind oh, of absolutely. Okay. Since it's your activity, you should go ahead and lead. All right. So I will start with the first thing that you know as soon as you see me. Black. <laughs> because we're not out here assuming gender, okay? All right. So the first thing you know as soon as you see me is black. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what about being black? feels good and feels not so good um well the feels not so good is easy because I live in America mm-hmm. <laughs> and safety um, concerns safety con- yeah safety concerns um stigma. what'd you say stigma stereotype oh stigma stereotype not just that um the whole idea that black people are a monolith and that we all need to act or behave a certain way or be interested in the same things because for me growing up, I grew up in the suburb, in white suburban, white suburban area, predominantly white for the most part. Um, and I was always interested in things that some other people who were also Black weren't interested in or wasn't considered the norm for Black people to be interested in. And I know growing up, that was really frustrating because it was like that whole not being Black enough kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So what feels good is um i have a lot of pride in my in being black and and mm-hmm. the culture that is blackness and 
when we're doing like we great symbolize, things when we show up. We symbolize resilience. Resilient strength. Yeah. Joy. Mm-hmm. Care. Community. Culture. All of that. I love mm-hmm. that. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose to be any other race. Sorry. I like where I I'm at. Do <laughs> you want to go to the second one? I think for me, the second one would probably be like being West Indian or okay. like being Caribbean. I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing for me. Um, I was taught very early to make sure that people knew that I wasn't just one island related. <laughs> like, make sure you let them know that you're Jamaican and Haitian. Like, that was really drilled into me. Like, and if I, I can recall like early childhood memories of being like, yeah, I'm Jamaican and Haitian, even when people weren't claiming being Haitian. Because like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember, but like back in the days that was something that people did not claim to be a part of them authentically like because of all the you eat cat you practice this like just a lot of like stigmas and stereotypes that were thrown into that group a lot of people just claim being american even though like you're a z like you're haitian like be for real but even back then i used to do it and i used to get bullied for it but i mean hey it is what it is yeah um, I can go with, I can um, speak to that one a little bit too. I definitely was always also similarly always raised to, you know, be proud of where my family came from and what that looks like. Um, but I did get called fake Jamaican a lot as a kid. Oh my God. <laughs> and not, not because I was born here or anything like that, but because my I lived predominantly like most of my life I lived with my mom and my mom's the one who's Trinidadian and Mm. it was never because I preferred that culture it was more so because I knew less about it so it was intriguing it was interesting to me I wanted to know more because my mom was while she's very much Trini she wasn't that deep into her culture because she isn't close to her family and I didn't really Mm -hmm. know that family I only grew up like with a couple of aunts maybe some second cousins but I didn't know that family I didn't have Mm -hmm. a lot of exposure to that culture directly so I was always all up in Jamaican culture so that was never an issue for me so I always tried to rep Trinidad more than and it took me a long time to realize this is why I did it. But I always try to rep Trinidad more because like, oh, yeah, I'm also Trini, especially because people face value. Don't assume that I'm Trinidadian at all, because mm-hmm. most people only know Indian looking Trinis, um, which is crazy because the Indian side of my family is from Jamaica, not Trinidad. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So but I also always love it. I love the music. It's my favorite kind of music. Like if you ask me my favorite music dance hall and soca mm-hmm. pretty much equally because my favorite thing to do is to dance and that music immediately makes me want to dance so it's mm-hmm. the best to me the music and the food love it yeah we gotta go back to red rooster <laughs> i'll be telling people where we go hey, we have <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll take the next one and it goes along with being black it goes along with being Caribbean and I'm gonna go with dark skin because I have had a very 
interesting experience as a dark-skinned woman. Mm -hmm. I personally don't have an issue with my skin color, my skin tone, but other people have had an issue with it in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember being called all types of names growing up and feeling like I didn't want to get any darker. Like I didn't want to, if we went out in the sun, like I was nervous to get too dark and Mm -hmm. whatever. We're not going to go through all the names that I was called. We're not going to do that. (laughs) Um, Or the things that were said. But it also showed up in a way where I was treated very differently um, in my family from my cousin, for example, who were super close. Um, hey, D. <laughs> um, yeah, we I was treated very differently. And I, at the time, I couldn't really pinpoint what it was. And I'm still not going to, I still don't assume that it's simply because I'm darker than she is. I think there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of ins and outs who our parents are, what we have access to, all that stuff. I think that also has some, you know, Mm -hmm. parts of it. But the point is, there was a large portion of the time where I thought it was because, oh, I was the darker one and she was the lighter one. And I always felt really bad about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or the being told I'm pretty for a dark-skinned girl or pretty for a Black girl. And in their mind, when they say Black, they meant dark. Um, Being said, being told that by other Black people was wild (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so yeah that would be I guess the I don't know if that's the good and the bad the good I I love my skin I don't have any issue with it so Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know on the opposing side of that me being light skin there's I guess the bad would be I mean when my pictures went viral for the joining the four percent of African American therapist in the U.S. Um, I got verbally, I still get DMs to this day, like attacking my blackness or saying that I'm not, I shouldn't be claiming it and that I shouldn't be labeling myself as African American and things like that. And then I guess the positive would be like, there's obviously like skin privilege that Mm -hmm. I can acknowledge and I'm aware of. whether it be in job settings or just in society in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From there, would you go to age or are you thinking something else? You can go to age. You can start with age. Go for it. Okay. So I'm 26. Ugh, about to turn 27. Um, I actually recently have had a like, maybe like a revolution, a resolution or like some type of like, revelation Uh revelation there we go revelation that's the word I was looking for where it's like okay like I think my 30s are gonna be fun especially with how I'm being set up right now Mm -hmm. like just looking at my private practice the way it's being built Mm -hmm. um reflecting on how my career is kind of going and like the feedback I'm getting from clients um just career-wise I could see like that's gonna be really good Outside of that, I feel like, I don't know, financial shouldn't be like the root of happiness, but I feel like because I know it's going to be good, it's like, huh, we're going to be okay. Like, I feel like 30 is going to be not as bad as I thought it was going to be, kind of thing. That's where my head is at now. Because I feel like if you would have asked me last year or the year before that, I would have been like, "Mm, 
I'm getting older. This is kind of scary. I don't like it. Mm, gross. Now I'm like, okay, we're getting older. Like, okay, things are coming together little by little. Of course, there's a lot of hiccups, but, you know, working through them. So my position on that has changed a bit. Revelation. Got you. Okay. So at 30. <laughs> almost six months into being 30. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... I wasn't that nervous about turning 30 as I was excited. Um, I, I look at every year as another opportunity and I know way too many people in my family who didn't make it to certain ages. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, and that's why birthdays are always so big to me. Like we celebrate every year, like it's the last, you know what I mean? It's interesting because I feel like I'm at that age where people look at me and think, oh, you should have your life together. But I'm also at the age where people look at me like older, you know, older will look at me like, oh, you're doing really well or, you know, you're doing a good job or you I wish I figured that out by that age and things like that, which I'm even saying the same to you, like. I wish I was doing all this process that we're doing right now for licensure and everything at your age rather than now. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it is what it is. My journey is what it is. And it's this way for a reason. So yeah. And then also recently, what made me feel a lot better about where I'm at in life at this age was having my dad tell me that him, him, him he and his friends were having a conversation and they realized that they didn't really get their lives together until like 35, 35, 36. And I was like, all right, we got time. I got time. Mm -hmm. And also what my life together looks like and what his idea of like having my life together looks like would probably be not the same, but mm -hmm. I got time to feel conf somewhat confident in what I'm doing. But I also know that most people don't know what the heck they're doing anyway. We're all just <laughs> trying and hoping that We're it works all out. Just right oh my gosh <laughs> everybody is winging it yeah everyone's winging it nobody knows what they're doing <laughs> the other thing about my age now is at 30 I'm thinking more about children and whether I want to have them for real and what that looks like because unfortunately I don't have that much time left for that I have enough I have enough to wait some years but it is like, I feel like I feel this pressure that I'm at this point where I have to start thinking about it for real. Mm -hmm. And it's not looking too hot outside to be having kids between the expenses and what's going on in the world. Like, mm -hmm. do I really want to bring somebody into this world without their consent? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's always without our consent. Obviously, it's a, it's, I say it in a joking way for a I reason. know. <laughs> like, I don't know do I want to subject somebody else to this mm. <laughs> yeah that's where I that's where I'm at with the age thing um what do I want to go with next we did skin color age culture I will go with being plus size um 
That's what I'm going to go with because I have been a big girl my whole life, pretty much. Um, as long as I can remember anyway. As long, well, I was never I really a word I would use in terms we'll of get my to body that. type type. We'll get to that. I feel like the way that people are calling it now, you maybe you're like mid-size considered. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I have been, at least since I was, at least since middle school, I've always been bigger than everybody else, bigger than all my friends for the most part. I mean, I had a couple other friends who were thick like me, but not everybody was. Um, and the, the whew, I think this one's the hardest for me to talk about, not because I'm not confident in who I am, but thinking about the journey that I've had to go through to be more confident. And confidence is not an everyday thing. It's all it's a work in progress all the time. Yeah. There are days I feel more confident than others. There are days that I look at my body, I'm like, ooh, okay, girl. And then there are days I'm like, okay, girl. <laughs> but you've also shared that you have body dysmorphia on Yes, I have shared. That. So yeah, body dysmorphia sucks. Um, I wish I knew what it was that I was experiencing earlier in life because it would have helped me understand myself a little bit better. But yeah, being told that I was not the standard from a very young age, um, being called fat, being treated a certain way by guys that I was interested in, or I didn't look the ideal way, but they like my personality or um, feeling like I was an embarrassment like there's so many things there's so there's a long list that's an episode in itself body image is an episode in itself I think we do have that listed actually yeah body image is a whole nother thing but you know that would be I guess some of the bad some of the good is honestly nobody's trying to mess with me I I honestly there are people who were just scared of me because of my struck like my stature Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is hilarious to me <laughs> some people just assume you're gonna beat them up yeah people just assume that it's so funny to me because I'm really just chilling out here that's hilarious <laughs> I haven't I haven't been in a fight since like fourth grade <laughs> oh wow you got away because people literally look at me and they're like, oh, I don't want to mess with her. All this, all that. I don't know if part of that's also the RBF as well. Or like, I'm like bodyguard for my friends when we go out, which I actually very much enjoy that. I like being able to protect my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely am like good at like, she don't want to dance with you no more. Back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so- I actually think this one's hard for me too, honestly. Especially with being like diabetic, mm-hmm. like my weight fluctuates that. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be really skinny like three months ago, and then I'm like a little bit heavier three months later, and it's like mm-hmm. with the insulin intake, it really affects like my body, and it really all just sits in my gut. So like, and I'm short, so like it's not fun. Um, Especially in a Jamaican household mm-hmm. with Jamaican family members. Mm-hmm. My first bully was definitely in my family, y'all. That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say. I'm going to leave it like, th- I'm going to leave it right there. Oh my gosh. And they don't even realize how much those words like stick 
to us. Yeah, because they were so busy trying to tell us sticks and stones and words don't hurt or whatever. But I remember the words, okay? If somebody hits me, that can heal. I remember the words. My mom loves to tell me like, oh, if you did a breeze in Jamaica, you wouldn't lie because your skin too thin. You need to toughen up. Because I'm always like really affected by words. Like, watch what you say to me. Because that, it sticks. Like, and then it becomes my own words later. Like, mm-hmm. that's like one of my favorite questions. One of my favorite questions I received as a, as a client when I was in, when I was working with a previous therapist. And one, it's a question that I now ask some of my clients is whose voice are you hearing? Like, are you mm-hmm. hearing your own or is somebody else? the person telling you that this isn't okay or that the way that you look isn't okay or the way that you mm-hmm. feel about yourself is wrong or your identity is not valid like who's telling you that mm-hmm. is it really you because it's like one of those things where if it's your voice you're hearing then where did you learn it from you've adopted it from somewhere but if you're mm-hmm. hearing somebody else's voice how do we shut them up mm-hmm. yeah so mid-five curvy I feel like the bad obviously is like I'm hella sexualized all the time no matter if I'm wearing turtleneck with mm-hmm. flats because you can see my boobs and you can see my hips mm-hmm. it's a thing um obviously the good is there's days where well not days but I typically really love my body but there's certain things that I'm like okay if I really wanted to be dedicated to fixing this I could kind of vibe and then also like just getting the whole sugar thing under control under control to the best of my ability how we skipped being a woman we skipped being (laughs) (laughs) we see what we value (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right so um I guess being cisgendered woman I'll go with that because that's my experience. Um, I love it and hate it. <laughs> I love it and hate it. I I only really hate it when I think about the opportunities that I could possibly miss out on just because people don't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. Or when I go to do something that's not typically considered a task for a woman, for someone who's more feminine. Um, a lot of air quotes going on, guys, just to let you know. There, Yeah, there's a lot of air quotes. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of those like a, those things like, oh, when I go to do something for my car and I immediately realize like either someone's being a complete a-hole with me. about something or they're trying to take advantage of me because they think I don't know anything um hate that hate that so much I always just Um, I'd be calling my dad I'd be calling my man I call somebody and it's crazy as I sometimes I really do know what I'm talking about but just because of undermining yeah, it's so annoying. Or even like when somebody comes to do something like work in my house, like not knowing if they're going to listen to me or take what I'm saying in consideration, even though I'm paying them for a service. That's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the moments when I hate it. 
the being in fear for my safety mm-hmm. those are the moments when I hate it um that people you know obviously like I said before I don't deal with it as much as maybe some other women because as a bigger girl I genuinely don't get I don't know I don't get put in that position that often it happens but not that often um girl and I'm the polar that also might have to do with being docs dark skin and taller tallish I don't know Again, the assumptions, people run with assumptions and they treat me accordingly. And some of the, sometimes it works in, out in my favor, I guess. And don't be working out in mine. I didn't <laughs> notice it. Like that time in the fucking subway stop or whatever we were at. Jersey Mike. <laughs> oh, that man blew me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, those are the various reasons why I love and hate it. But otherwise, I love it. I love that while while patriarchy has not worked in women's favor, in anyone's favor for the most part, um, to be honest, in different areas, I do enjoy that I got to learn emotional uh, <laughs> emotional intelligence at a, mm-hmm. at a younger age. <laughs> The opportunity for womanhood oh my goodness like yeah being in a group of women especially like going back to like our group class in grad school like that those moments where it was just all us women talking about things in terms of like women's bodies and like the experience as a woman those moments were really touching for me like life-altering even I would say yeah those were big I I confronted some stuff in that class that I haven't talked about or confronted in a long time. So yeah, those were mm-hmm. big. All right, friend. You got one you got another one? Sexuality. Okay. So I want to address sexuality more than just, okay, I'm hetero or whatever. I I also think about how people perceive your sexuality, like how sexual you are and the idea of promiscuity and being able to just own your sexuality I I think Mm -hmm. I want to also go that route too even though it is more so okay you have some heterosexual unfortunately because men are stressful but (laughs) people are stressful stressful, but (sighs) yes okay fine people are stressful I guess anyways um yeah so I feel like there was always this pressure to be like very modest and to myself especially given all the other identities that I we've already discussed um and that affects the way that I see myself when it comes to sex as well and how I um how I operate you know, what my, com- what I'm comfortable with, the, the the conversations that I've had or not had that probably were necessary and would have avoided mm-hmm. some trouble and pain and all the other things in between. Mm-hmm. So um, some of that, I, I think I would say is the not so great when it comes to that, because everything is so hush hush when it comes to sexuality and granted it's should- be for certain age groups the sexual part at the same time I feel like there needs to be more knowledge and more conversation around it so that people can be more comfortable I think it would save a lot of trouble it would save a lot of unplanned pregnancies it would save a lot of 
people from getting certain diseases. I think it, it would save a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of pain, hurt, confusion. Mm-hmm. So I'm using I'm using sexuality all in that all encompassing. Mm-hmm. It's actually been a recent like Twitter topic recently about how male counterparts don't get tested as often as female counterparts due to like them using their female counterparts results as their results and so I get that I get that I think we are moving towards a more open conversation type of vibe Mm -hmm. but then again there's like political things now that are kind of getting in the way of certain things so especially in the state of Florida so it's like the conversation that we just need to keep fighting for yeah absolutely like everyone should be comfortable to protect themselves and everyone should be comfortable to love and enjoy their sexuality the way that they want to within reason I'm always gonna say within reason because I do have a few people that should not be doing what they're doing I'm talking to y'all with the kids okay that's all I'm gonna say (laughs) okay yeah and I definitely think with it being pride month just like this whole intersectionality activity can like really be expansive and be used to kind of like just get to know yourself better even if you're not sharing it with anyone yeah get to know yourself better and also I think these are things that people should think about in general because a lot of times we look at one that like I said with the assumptions you know kind of tying Mm -hmm. it back to that we we get access to one part one portion of someone's identity and we assume that we know everything Mm -hmm. about them because we've gotten to see or we've gotten access to that one portion of Mm -hmm. their identity but as you can see we went through one two three four seven different parts of our identities and there's Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. we didn't even talk about us as therapists we didn't even talk Mm -hmm. about us as daughters we didn't talk about us as you know there's so many other things so there's so much more to people that's basically the big thing that I why I why I was really interested in talking about this today is Mm -hmm. there's so much more to an individual even if you don't and you because there's so much to one individual you're never going to fully understand them and Mm -hmm. understanding them is not the point but respect them for who they are and what they bring and what they present and the authenticity of who that is and the fact that they're brave enough to show it. Mm -hmm. I really like that. (laughs) You're writing something over there. (laughs) Mm -mm. I was thinking about a quote for our end. (laughs) So Brene Brown said, office uh, ooh, not me. I want to butcher the word authenticity. authenticity. It's a daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. Yes, I love that. With that, we're going to end the episode. So thank you for listening as usual. Keep thriving, and we'll see y'all in two weeks. Bye. Bye.